We're going to cross now to Canberra to catch up with Zach De Silva, who is the Nine Radio Federal Politics reporter. Uh, when uh, the parliamentary year has started earlier than expected with the decision by the Prime Minister to recall every Labor MP to Canberra uh, a few weeks early uh, for this putative summit on the cost of living. Zach, good morning. What do you make of it? Is it a stunt or is it a, a noble gesture aimed at <laughs> taking pressure off our back pockets? Morning, guys. Good to be with you. Can I say it's a bit of both? Because I think that's what it is, really. Uh, the PM's clearly trying to, from a political perspective, start the year on a fresh page. We saw that. He held a press conference on, I think it was the 3rd of January, around then, kind of really outlining the government's plans around cost of living for the year. And this is a chance to, hopefully, if everything goes to plan get something locked in, have some kind of announcement. I think in terms of the, the actual financial aspect of it, it is really important. We've seen the pressures on grocery prices, fuel prices, uh, energy bills. We're expecting there could be something around more energy bill relief to come out of this, um, but nothing's been confirmed there yet. It'd likely be you know, an extension of the, the current energy bill scheme where the government kind of works with the states on this. So I think we're going to have to wait and see if there's anything of substance out of it, but it does look like it's not that there's not going to be anything. There could be something to come out of it. So don't you think, is there a political risk, though? It's a bit like in a relationship if you've been, you know, on the lair, carousing with your mates and forgetting important sort of dates and what have you, and, you know, next thing you, you think, oh, I've really got to get myself out of strife here, so it's $200 box of Hague's chocolates and a, you know, <laughs> some, some, some huge roses-only bouquet that sets you... Like, it looks like they're almost trying to apologise to the Australian people for the fact that they clearly haven't been paying attention at all to cost of living issues for, for more than a year. Yeah, well, I, I think there's a really important balance that they're trying to strike here, right? Like, government MPs have said this before, that the problem with just giving people more money to help with the cost of living is because inflation is so high, if you give people money, they're going to spend it. And that's going to drive up inflation more. That's going to cause the Reserve Bank to keep interest rates higher for longer and, and inflict more pain that way. So the government has to look at ways that it can give cost of living relief without adding to inflation. And that's why, that's why people are suspecting energy bills could be something because it's not actually you know, giving people a cash handout. It's just bringing down their power bill by working with the states and the power company. So... I think that's the reason we haven't seen more action here. I mean, the budget's in surplus. If they wanted to throw money around, they could. But they've got to be really careful not to drive up inflation further. Yeah. yeah. Zach, we know that the uh, Stage 3 tax cuts are about as popular as nits amongst the rank and file in the Labor Party. <laughs> Given that this is an environment where they're all going to be invited to the one place to talk cost of living and, and put these options on the table and debate them. Is, is this the forum in which the Prime Minister might be rolled by the party room or forced to reconsider his steadfast support of the uh, of the Stage 3 tax cuts? Yeah, well, 2TB Radio in Sydney was reporting yesterday that there is going to be an overhaul of the tax cuts under what was reported there, pretty much what the tax cuts do is it means anyone earning from $45,000 to $200,000 a year pays a flat tax rate of, I think, it's 30%, which is a pretty significant reduction. If you're on the upper end of that, if you're around $200,000 a year, I think it saves you something like nine grand a year. Now, 
it looks like the government, if what's reported is correct, has made the calculus that, you know what, people don't have a lot of sympathy for people earning $200,000 a year at the moment. So it looks like they're going to bump that top end of the tax cut down to 180000 If you earn over that, you're in the now the top tax bracket. Essentially what it means is the highest income earners would pay slightly more tax than what they previously would under this plan. They still get a tax cut because that cut kicks in for all the money they earn up to 180000 mm, Yeah. But then that extra money that the government gets back, it wants to put into raising the tax-free threshold. That's that, you know, if you earn up to, I think it's 18200 something around there, you know, you're doing a couple of casual shifts a week, that kind of thing, that would be raised. So essentially meaning that people on really low incomes pay less tax or no tax, essentially. So I think that's what's looking like what's going to happen whether it comes out of this meeting or whether they wait till... Because remember, the government's got a budget in May. Whether they wait till closer to the budget and these tax cuts don't kick in till July. So whether they wait till closer to the budget to announce that, I'm not sure. There's a chance it could come out of this meeting, though. It's a bit of a political... Or it's a very big political gamble, though, Zach, because to your point, I think you're 100% right about, you know, no one's going to be getting the violins out for people earning more than 200 grand. But is there a big enough pool of uh, uh, resentment slash ambivalence towards the rich to eclipse the obvious political hit you take from such a big broken promise. Well, and, and I think that's the gamble that the government looks likely to take. Now, it has to be said, there have been some Labor MPs who've spoken to the papers overnight, essentially hosing down that report saying, no, no, it's not going to change. And I think there still are very big concerns within Labor about breaking an election promise. Uh, you know, one person raised the Julia Gillard's promise about they're not going to be a carbon tax. And then she brought a carbon tax in saying this is like that all over again. So I think Labor is really worried that it could inflict, or some within Labor are really worried, clearly, that this could inflict damage. And the coalition, for what it's worth, has already come out and said... This is the mother of all broken promises that accused the government of class warfare, taking from the, their argument is, you know, people on 180 to 200,000, uh, you know, doing well, but they're not rich and you're taking from these people to give to the poor. Um, so if this is what happens, there's definitely going to be a fight over it. The opposition's already set itself up for that. Mm. I think it's a tricky case to prosecute for them though, because what, are you going to argue that people earning $19,000 a year don't deserve more money? Mm. I think that's going to be a difficult argument for them to make, and that's clearly what the government's banking on. Just lastly, Zach, before we let you go, interested in the the Australia Day debate, how it's playing out in Canberra. Here in South Australia, the two loudest voices and thought leaders in the whole thing are our food retailers. We've got Woolworths <laughs> fighting against Foodland. Uh, <laughs> Uh, who's a local independent uh, group of stores talking about, you know, the, the value of Australia Day and the right to choose and the right to protest and so forth. When you chat with federal politicians and those in the government, do they try and sidestep it? I'm sure they chat off the record, but is it something mm. that they want to show leadership on or largely avoid, do you get the sense? Well, we heard the Prime Minister yesterday on the record talking on Sky News. He was asked about it and said, well, look, I think that we need to stop getting outraged by these things. You know, we don't... They'd stop looking for things to get outraged about, I think, was what he said. And, you know, for, for what it's worth here in Canberra, he'll be at the Australia Day Citizenship Ceremony on the Friday. 
the Best Australian of the Year awards on the Thursday. I think from his from his perspective, he kind of doesn't seem too phased by the whole debate and has very much tried not to get involved mm. in it. Um, I think Labor, again, as the kind of more progressive of the two major parties, has a bit of a tightrope to walk in terms yeah. of uh, among the kind of left of politics. Australia Day is seen as something not to be celebrated, but Labor is increasingly trying to hold back centre ground in politics. You've seen that in a number of issues where Anthony Albanese has been urged by the left of his party, by the Greens, to be more ambitious, and he's gone, no, no, I'm going to stay in the centre ground. I'm not going to yield that whatsoever. And I think we're seeing that here too in terms of people like Anthony Albanese, senior figures within Labor are saying, well, you know, Australia Day is still our national day. We have no plans to change that. And while a lot of them will acknowledge, you know, that the hurt to Indigenous people caused by colonisation and are happy to talk about that, from their perspective, they're kind of not really engaged in this, you know, should we change the day? Should we be celebrating it kind of debate? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Zach De Silva there, Top Shelf Analysis, Nine Radio's federal politics reporter in Canberra. Thank you, Zach. David Pemberthy and Will Goodings, 6 to 9, 5AA Breakfast.